where did you see this? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. You like that? Be the fifth. I won't be on your soul. Yelling it doesn't make it true. Yeah. That's another way to think about it. Now you're doing a heck of a job. This is the Brian Suits Show. Hey, everybody. We landed on the moon. Uh, it, this time, it's supposed to be around 4.30 p.m. East Coast time. Houston, we have a problem. So, well, they never made it, losers. So uh, <laughs> they, they just went around it and came back. <clears throat> um, his, uh, I don't recommend audio books very often, but he reads Lost Moon, his own books. Really mm. good. Uh, Jim Level? Jimmy, Jimmy Level. My grandpa's uh, roommate at the Naval Academy. Whatever. I've got a picture to prove it. How would you know what Jim Lovell looks like? That's a good point, yeah. Um, uh, no, it, it actually is, uh, he, he, he recalls his flying in the early days of jets in the Navy as a carrier aviator. A really good book. Uh, and then the problem solving was, uh, that's that's the, the entire point about the book that I kind of think the movie, which is, you know, Ron Howard, Tom Hanks stars. Yeah, it's pretty okay, good movie. Um, and and I think it gets into the problem solving really well. I just remember that they like had to fit a square peg into, into a round, round hole or something. Yeah, and also it makes the Grumman guy look <laughs> look to be a, as a contractor be a jerky jerk face, like he hates a new Beyonce country song or something. And he probably does if he's still alive. But uh, anyway. Uh, so that's going to be uh, today. As you all recall, there's a unmanned probe. <clears throat> On Wednesday morning, yesterday, a robotic lunar lander launched by a Houston company got closer to reaching the moon. The company Intuitive Machines announced that its Odysseus spacecraft had fired its engines for six minutes and 48 seconds. That's what they said down, down there in Houston. Ready? Fire the engines. All right. And so... Um, Make the thing slow down, slowing it down enough to be captured by the moon's gravity uh, into a circular orbit 57 miles above the surface. So today, and they updated this, 5.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. <clears throat> so uh, do, do your uh, do your 2.30 here. Uh, and it's been, they've adjusted the landing time, adjusted the landing time, moving it up by 19 minutes. Not going to lie to you, if there's not a human life involved, I'm really not cu curious. If it fails, it's an engineering problem. Send another one. But I'll watch it. It's going to be on NASA TV. Uh, I don't even know what that is on, on YouTube TV. But I, I know that if you just Google on the inter, interwebs, so NASA TV, you'll, you'll get it. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, it is funny that, I mean, it's a setup that there will be humans in a few years. But they'll... It's like being the third guy to discover North America or <laughs> something kind of like, wow, where'd these highways come from? So, I mean, it's been done. It's been, That's what's crazy is it's been done when the thing I'm wearing on my wrist, you know, required a, a two-ton rocket uh, to get to Again, the moon. Again, that's kind of why it's <clears> hard for me to get excited. By the way, I'm wearing a moon. Fitbit on my wrist. So that's. <laughs> I mean, what? It was 55 years ago when Neil Armstrong first set foot on there, and now we're getting all amped up that we're going. If back. you believe that, 
I, I just am not one to get excited about a colony on the moon or any kind of... Why would Newt, you want to live there? That was there? Newt Gingrich's presidential campaign. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Him base. and Elon and Bezos. And I'm like, how many billions of dollars are you going to spend to get us to where we've already been and realize there's nothing to do up here? <laughs> um, there, or you can grab some cool gray rocks and bring them back. And so anyway, that'll be exciting. Uh, I'm bearing the lead, though. There's a nationwide outage... If you're an AT&T customer, or there was, I don't know where we are with it now. Um, the following, it's absolutely dominating uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and, and the the world's blog, uh, the Twitter. So the the uh, the dominant uh, hashtags are nationwide, U.S. cellular, and SOS only. Apparently, um, Apple does this. My, my good, right-thinking, patriotic Android doesn't do this, but apparently Apple, if you're denied service, it says SOS calls only. Mm-hmm. Um, well, neat. What makes you so I've special? I've seen that message before, yeah. Uh, apparently there's a, and if you don't know this, folks, there's a first responder-only network. If things crash and they have to reset stuff, if physically the towers are still up, they will reset them, but they will only let first responders and designated FCC designated phones into the system so it doesn't crash the system. And I got news for you. Some people in news radio and media, local media, are allowed in. And you're not one of them. But uh, anyway. <clears throat> uh, so that's that was all down. Um, I haven't checked the status of mine. Nationwide cell service outage is preventing some AT&T customers from making or receiving calls, including emergency calls. So... And AT&T, I think, is the primary, aren't they, the biggest Apple user thingy? Could be. Are you? I'm Verizon. I'm oh. good to go this morning. The, web, web, the website, by the way, which is a self-reporting website, so it doesn't, I don't know how much we can take this, but anyway, downdetector.com reported more than 38,000 AT&T outages as of 7 a.m. Eastern time. So it seems to be a magic hour, because this is all hitting the East Coast, and there's 7 a.m. hour. Um, and then uh, Central Time at 7. Well, now it's 7 o'clock in uh, God's favorite coast here at the West Coast. So Please I, hang up and try again. I don't know. Um, me not know. All I know, the important thing is, do I have a signal? Let me check. I have a signal. But I do have AVG has found junk files. Resolve. I press the green button. It's They're resolving them. There you go. Hey, hold on. Bill de Blasio on line two. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Mmm. Vaccination. Mmm. I'm getting a very good feeling about vaccination right this moment. <clears throat> so I've got um, my my standard uh, five-bar signal here in downtown Seattle uh, right there. And Wi-Fi is off. I'm on cell only, and it's way faster. Um, and I noticed this morning when I turned on and and I'm on I'm on a cell network whose name is on a certain baseball are are they are they football the football field are they the baseball football field yes indeed <laughs> um uh yeah, no, yeah so so anyway I I go to sleep on airplane mode so that I'm just Wi-Fi I, when I wake up I take it off airplane mode. So I can get panicky texts, and 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 then and then I kick the modem and I log on to America Online, and I was getting yippy coverage at two a.m. Excuse me.
and so which is earlier than 7 a.m. on the East Coast. So uh, there's there's that, but maybe it was this building. But I said, what in the world is this? I, I mean, bottom line, if there's anything to report, I'll report it because you know what it can't be blocked by China AM radio. Believe it or not, so you can just take our reports of uh, demise uh, to uh, to the pier and throw it in the ocean or something. All right, so time for note all. Thing. Well, I don't. If there is a, a local watchdog that lists this um, a, a, like a spreadsheet, please someone tell me or someone do it. But I, but I do go down the click hole this morning. Uh, Seattle told King County Regional Homeless Authority the giant money pit that uh, that provides tents for you to tie in and be be found to skeletal remains in Queen Anne. Uh, Seattle's taking back part of its funding after a tumultuous year for the authority. A thoroughly unqualified guy quit, who had who had been the CEO for a while, making a lot of money. A new city council has said, eh, show us your receipts, please. They're a bit more critical of the current homelessness strategy, which is throwing money, having a lot of highly paid people throw money at homeless people. In an email sent to the authorities' leaders last Friday, um, the city's director of human services department, Tanya Kim, wrote that the city would take back oversight of outreach and homelessness prevention contracts, about 10% of the $109 million in annual funding the city provides. The city, not just King County, the city saddle alone, $109 million annual funding. Uh, um, so so that's just the city's part. So then I said to myself, self, where do I find those salaries? <clears throat> so it turns out Indeed.com is the way to go, not LinkedIn or anything like that. King County Regional Home- Homeless Authority, jaw-dropping jaw-dropping uh, salaries. Um, the biggest one I can eyeball uh, here, senior accountant. Okay, I, 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 someone has to do it, right? 114000 But there's only one salary in, at that position. Uh, account manager, accounting manager, 109000 Wow. What, whatever a youth specialist does pays well. Or how about a peer advocate? Do you think you could be a peer advocate? So you have to be a, a fentanyl addict Tent res- resident to be a peer advocate? That sounds about right. 84000 Of course, those are poverty wages in Seattle. Program coordinator, 89000 Two salaries making that. Youth coordinator, four salaries making 99504 504 That's, yeah, you, you're damn right your kids are happy. You better be. So uh, there's, I'm stunned by this. Um, five salaries at seventy nine thousand. So are you working for hourly wages or whatever? <laughs> Fool! Why aren't you working for the King County Regional Homeless Authority? Cross departmental expectations of coordination. That sounds like a guy that should be making. Uh, we don't have the salary. Chief program officer. Uh, that, that that'll be Harold's fallback on that one. That sounds like it's north of ninety. Um, so, uh, absolutely bloated, amazingly bloated. And of course, it's only had 20 years to get bloated. And by now there's people retiring from NGOs that take state, county, and city money. And they, do- they issue out brightly colored t-shirts and then they help someone find a needle exchange. I mean, you get paid to find someone, a, a public transportation to get them to a, a needle exchange. That's a coordinator. I can hear Chief Seattle 
crying out to us. You know what? The youth coordinator makes way more than any, any of your unionized teachers. 99000 bucks, and, and yeah, no matter what you bleat and caterwaul, you can live in Seattle on 99504 Just find another youth coordinator and marry that person. But, I mean... You're not you're not gonna live like a Bezos and you're not gonna live down down the hill on a boathouse, but you can live in Seattle on ninety nine thousand. Or you know what you can maybe do? Drive in. Drive in from a more affordable place. That's what many do, oddly enough. And uh I can attest that that's possible uh, as well. And uh, so uh, anyway, if um I'll I'll check apparently there are some spreadsheets, so I'll check them out. But this is just and by the way, this is a government. This isn't an NGO. This is the King County Regional Housing Authority. These these are the people that do dole out the money to the like uh, you know Rainbow Dream Project that distributes brightly colored tents uh, so that people don't run into the tent uh, or or whatever. And uh, I want to. By the way, can I? I always talk about what can we go fund me? Can we go fund me Boulder Fields? I want to I want to come up with uh, Boulder Dreams or something, because uh, I met someone for lunch yesterday, uh, in such as the Olympia. We were laughing about how <laughs> the places the places that were forlorn homeless camps a year ago are now hopeful, bright, life affirming Boulder Fields, <laughs> and you pay once. Not as expensive as, as you'd think, cheaper than EcoBlocks, and the homeless, they pull, pull their, they're given an hour to pull up their tent. They go, you put the boulders down, the boulders are half a foot apart, you can't sleep between them, and they don't come back. And, I mean, it's an amazing solution. And they just did it at the the uh, I-5, the 45th exit on-ramp, <clears throat> just uh, up the road here. They did it again. And the same, you know, the governor even went up and nodded sagely because it works. People do like it, I must say. You you want you want one solution? You want you want one, one ring unites them all? Boulders. How about that Big one? Time. How about that one? So more boulders. That's what I'm calling for. I'm going to I'm going to form the 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 boulder party. Uh thing two. Second thing. Well, he did it again and it is the student debt relief. Um, and will it stand again? He doesn't care. Uh, wait, do we have that somewhere? I, I've, I've got his announcement. Remember, the Supreme Court struck that down because Nancy Pelosi said before he ever did it, when Trump was president, that the, the president can't, uh, he can't uh, just wave a wand and, and wipe out student debt. People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He, he, does, he does not. Uh, he does the answer. He does not. Um, I had the one where he uh, talked about um, the check and all that. Anyway, so here, here it is. Here's the, here's the announcement because he's terrified that young people are not going to vote for him unless he gives them money. Early in my term, I announced a major plan to provide millions of working families with debt relief for their college student debt. Tens of millions of people in debt were literally about to be canceled, their debts. But my MAGA Republican friends in the Congress, elected officials and special interests, stepped in and sued us. And the Supreme Court blocked it and blocked it. But that didn't stop me. I announced we were going to pursue alternative paths for student debt relief uh, for as many borrowers as possible. 
And that's the effort that's been underway the last two years. I fixed what's called the SAVE plan. It existed, but I fixed it to make it the most affordable repayment plan ever. Before I took office... Well, here's the money quote. And the Supreme Court blocked it. I blocked it. But that didn't stop me. <laughs> they blocked me, but that didn't stop me. I did yeah. it anyway. Yeah, put that in Bush's mouth. Take your Either checks Bush and balances or Nixon or whatever. And then he did the creepy whisper thing. He's talking about how great the economy is, and he pulled this arrow out of his quiver. And the economy is growing. It's growing jobs, income across the board. We have the most advanced economy of any major nation in the world. Watch me. Um, um, You know, my dad, my dad, you know, lost his job in Scranton. No joke. No joke. I'm not being a wise guy here. He said, Pops, why'd you lose? He said, Joe, I did. My mom said, that's the cookie, which she, the crumble, she just went through it. And he had a lot of, there was a lot of teleprompter moments. When they, when they put, when the White House put it out, of course, they edited the heck out of it. And they, they magically just fell out of it. And I thought I'd make a lot more sense to relieve student debt for families and, and it would grow our economy. Well, there's, there were existing programs in the law. To fix- you get the feel, you, you, you get the, uh, the point. Um, and if you went to college, uh, well, I mean, pardon me, if you didn't go to college, we'll screw you. Somehow, relieving the debt of these punks that went to college and don't want to pay their loans back is going to help uh, non, uh, non-college non personnel. And and his, his dad, here's the thing about your job and your paycheck. His dad had a folksy anecdote. My dad used to say, Joey... A, 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 a paycheck is about more than a, a job is about more than a paycheck. There was a point in there somewhere, and I just don't have the time for it. But anyway, somehow it is going to help people who did not go to college, who came out of high school and started making a wage, and you're paying taxes and you're being a productive human, and that all that hooey apparently in this day and age. Um, how long this lasts, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. This is all because. And and so this is thing 2.5, I guess. He's watching voters that they have been counting on for years, like people in Chicago. Their number one concern is asylum seekers getting getting Chicago money that they've been getting. And he doesn't know what to do about that. Um, and they then they hand a mic to him and they say things like this. Asylum seeking lie. All this about refugees. That, no, no, no. What's happening is they're emptying out the dregs of their jails into the United States, into our communities. Who who does that sound like? Uh, 2016 or so, the guy was running for president? So so this is, uh, they're terrified that voters that they've counted on for years are basically repeating uh, anti-illegal immigrant uh, rhetoric like that. Ecuador is emptying out their jails and sending people north. No, no, no. What's happening is they're emptying out the dregs of their jails into the United States, into our communities. They're junking up our country. They're junking up our country. You know who that was in Chicago? That was Jesse Jackson. Really? Jessica Jackson. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so now this is Zoe Lee, also a Chicagoan. 
uh, e- equally African-American and equally concerned. Not another dollar for the illegals. If the crisis is so bad, the city council members who are so concerned should donate their salaries to the cause like a real public servant should. Ouch. And so anyway, you know where they're getting that rhetoric, like calling illegal aliens illegals like the Republicans used to. No human being is ever illegal, Brian. Uh, no woman's illegal. They're getting it from Charlemagne the God, that that morning show DJ in oh, New yeah. York. Um, they the the White House is going. This is why they're lecturing the New York, New York Times and others about don't lecture us about Commander the Dog and don't call them illegals. Call them migrants. They're migrating like geese or something. But it's because the real influencers are not the White House. They're, they're people pointing out that in, in Chicago and New York, whatever, look at this mess. This and and the, and the Democrats are busy calling it a made-up crisis. Do they? What do you care in Boston or New York if it's made up? All you know is you have illegal immigrants committing New York crimes. Just limited to what we have seen. So that's uh, thing two. Thing three. Third thing. Okay, so speaking of New York, okay, so you have a DA um, in New York who, like some of these guys in the West Coast, doesn't hold criminals anymore. When they commit crimes, they don't hold criminals um, and unless they have a warrant or, or whatever. And uh, a guy murdered someone in New York a couple months ago. Then he went to Arizona and uh, played the same game, but uh, different circus, different monkeys. In Arizona, you murder someone and they arrest you, they hold you, and they put you on trial. So the New York uh, DA, Elvin Bragg, is asking for this one chap back. And the DA in Arizona, Maricopa County, saying, Consume a satchel of Richards. You're not getting him back. We're getting. We're we're putting. Uh, him in we have two women that were stabbed, and uh, he is facing a lengthy mandatory prison sentence here. And even though there was a homicide in New York, we can guarantee that he is going to stay in custody here. And so the the phrase that pays there is lengthy mandatory uh, prison sentence. And that's that's so weird. Here. And even though there was a uh, he is facing a lengthy mandatory prison sentence here. And, he- you know, the great thing is when people say, well, it's no deterrent. Well, that guy's not going to stab two women anymore <laughs> unless he identifies differently. But uh, so anyway, uh, when uh, we get back, how can we have that? How did does anyone remember Johnny Manziel? I do. What, how do you lose all name? that weight? Johnny Showtime or something? I already forgot it. Some, Johnny Football. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, I know how he lost weight. I know how people like him lose a lot of weight. And it, it is not Ozempic. Yeah, it's not Ozempic like Hambone or whatever. Tad, tad Face uh, Jelly Roll or whatever. Uh, all right, that and uh, Nikki Haley's chances winning on Saturday in her own state. Well, let's talk to a, we'll talk to a pollster about that who can pronounce... Um, Hell freezes over uh, correctly. Back in the second AM, seven seventy KTTH.
so embarrassing. AM 770 KTTH. I bet you Jake Tapper gets a call from the White House. But hey, how about some journalistic objectivity? Because CNN did a FOIA search for Commander's record of biting human beings. And from October 2nd, 2022, until June 15th of last year, it's about, uh, geez, here's three in one day. Um, if, if folks, That's have a you, hat trick. Have you ha- ever had a dog? Yeah, June 11th was a big, big day for Commander um, in the cabana, diplomatic reception room, and then Kennedy Garden. What a day. Left chest, right hand, left arm. Treatment received, yes, White House Medical Unit, WHMU. All three. So three attacks on June 11th was, the. I guess that was the tipping point. But uh, there were, like October was a big, a big month when they first got them there. Uh, <clears throat> left arm, left hand, left forearm, right arm, right quad, ouch, thigh. And most of these were yes on the medical treatment. And so... Anyway, CNN got him, and I mean, you know, that's your your bottom line is he wasn't being handled well, wasn't trained well. After I'm sorry, when when, when you're biting the people that are around, because you're constantly around different people, <clears throat> you're probably your dog doesn't have the disposition. Maybe he's a little too little too Germany, a little less shepherdy than you than you need. Uh, Commander Biden, President Joe Biden's family dog, bit U.S. Secret Service personnel on at least 24 incidents. The number does not include additional incidents CNN has previously reported involving executive resident staff. And a, lot, a lot of these didn't get reported unless they were witnessed by media, by the way. But the new documents obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, darn you, FOIA, reveal the extent to which the situation had become a serious workplace issue for the hundreds of staff. And this, by the way, this spreadsheet that they released is only Secret Service personnel. Okay, it's from uh, from a special agent, a grunt, to... Uh, sergeant to, uh, uh, what's the guy, a, uh, IT guy, the dog is, but what's, what's the IT guy even doing wearing his suit of bacon running around the white house. So, uh, anyway, you'll hear about that, uh, today, but uh, let's get back to whether or not, um, you, you schlubs, you blue collar schlubs that are making uh, 20 bucks an hour as plumbers or electricians or whatever it is you're doing that you skipped that all-important uh, 19th-century French lesbian grievance poetry PhD. Uh, little did you know that uh, what's going on is a <clears throat> gigantic uh, wealth transfer. Uh, and what's where's the number? Da, 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 da. Uh, canceling $1.2 billion in, in loans. The administration's now approved almost $138 billion in loan forgiveness since the Supreme Court struck down Biden's original $400 billion plan uh, last year. So how, how does it help people that didn't go to college again? How is this not just a giant wealth transfer again from, from people who work for a living to people who have a poetry PhD? Look, folks, it's also helping you uh, who don't go to college. It's not just, you know, people say to me sometimes, well, Joe, that's great. You're helping people get into college. But how about all those hardworking people you grew up with in the neighborhood? How about all those yeah. folks in labor unions? How about all those hardworking people work with their hands? Why should they? Well, just today, my labor department announced 200, this is not the student loan program, but $200 million in grants for registered, registered apprenticeship programs around the country. 
while you can learn a skilled trade and lead to good paying jobs. $368 billion, uh, trillion, $700 billion, billion dollars. No one is at Clover Park saying, I'm not going to finish my aircraft and power plant. I'm going to go uh, right to my 17th century French lesbian grievance poetry class and stop wasting time. Um, so you're announcing more money for apprenticeships. Great. You know, every school district in America should have a track, right? I know Mercer Island never will and Juanita won't. Now, right, you guys are all college personnel at uh, your little high-end districts there, right? Oh, you're talking to me now? Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you, yeah, Juanita you know Rebel it. guy. No question about it. Um, and, and, and that's where the, pe the people like Obama think that everybody should go to college, really need to go to a blue-collar town. And here's the thing. Biden is Mr. Blue-collar, isn't he? He's Mr. Scranton. He's Mr. I, I was on the same train for 30 years or whatever, and, and he's Mr. Put on a hard hat and pick up a megaphone and walk the picket line and the whole thing. None of this makes sense, how, how this somehow benefits blue-collar people that have paid the taxes that are now going to go to pay off the little snot noses uh, poetry PhD. The, the, the fact that 200, and by the way, 200 million that's one-sixth of what you're wiping off uh, yesterday with, with that speech. But this does not—I would be really insulted, okay? Look, folks, it's also helping you uh, who don't go to college. Okay. They're listening. It's not just—you know, people say to me sometimes, well, Joe, that's great. You're helping people get into college. But how about all those hardworking people you grew up with in the neighborhood? How about all those? Yeah. So anyway, how, what, what do they do? They hire you or something? Did they suddenly get a small business loan? Folks in labor unions, how about all those hardworking people work with their hands? Why should they? Well, just today, my labor department announced 200. This is not the student loan program, but 200 million dollars in grants. See, his mind wanders there in the middle of that. That somehow he's tying that in, and he's thinking, "Oh, here's a brilliant fastball that they won't see coming. That this is actually helping uh, blue collar people." And then he catches himself and says, "This isn't the student loan thing. It's a different thing. It's, a, it's the apprentice thing where I'm giving people money for a different deal." Two hundred. This is not the student loan program, but two hundred million dollars. So I, I don't get it either. I, I don't. I don't get it either. But uh, this, this I know is your your paycheck is not uh, not a paycheck. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a check and your it's a dignity check. My dad used to say, Joey, a, 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 a paycheck is about more than a, a job is about more than a paycheck. Yeah. So it's there you go. Put that on a T-shirt uh, or something. Well, I don't want to. I think this is too obvious to to, and we don't do. Uh, I, I do I do watch the QR code poll that they do on Channel 4. And, like, I'm going to say this is overwhelming. Double stabbing on 3rd Columbia, downtown Seattle yesterday. And so Channel 4 today is, is Seattle too dangerous? Or is, are we going too soft on, on the youth? Like 97% were, were, were of respondents. Okay, so it's, all, it's kind of a self-selecting uh, uh, poll. We're like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, and so uh, I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't want to combine Beyonce with, uh, with 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 wild, violent youth. But I'm gonna say. This ain't Texas. Ain't no holding. I. You know what? I think it's a great song, and I think that people that are country music fans like it, and I think people who maybe 
don't like her name or whatever, maybe don't like it. I'd say, you know, George Harrison did a country song, and AI could make him do a country song. By the way, it would be a great song. You know, I mean, her her husband is a great musician. Maybe you don't like his kind of music, whatever. I don't. Um, he, he he married up. She's a terrific singer, dancer, not bad to look at. And if she sings polka music, she may have it. I will not accuse her of of uh, cultural appropriation. And uh, okay, so did he really say that again in front of a crowd of South Carolina people? You're getting slammed from some of your old adversaries about your NATO comments. Does this mean you're not going to defend NATO countries if they haven't paid their two? How does he answer? Well, is it a room full of South Carolina people? We'll find out. AM 770 KTTH. Some of the KTTH Brian suits here. Apparently, the word is that the congressperson from Michigan, Rashida Tlaib, the Palestinian congressperson who represents uh, the largest, the densest uh, Arab constituency, Arab Democratic constituency in the U.S., uh, that she's persona non grata um, either by message, email, or certainly in person at the White House because the White House is so afraid of her, they're terrified of her. Uh, because the support for Israel <clears throat> amongst Americans overwhelms the support for the people that decapitate babies and do it on a GoPro hero camera and then post it and the whole thing. And the the support for the Gaza Palestinians uh, comes from uh, Muslim, Arab, American, mainly uh, immigrants almost by reflex and and the feeling that somehow and you have the president himself saying Israel's response to October 7th was over the top um as he said as if you know when you perceive a threat to your existence there's any responses over the top but nevertheless the United States vetoed the Security Council resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire the result of the voting is as follows 13 votes in favor, one vote against, one abstention. That was uh, the UK was the abstention. Uh, I lost my right hand and the United States was the vote uh, against. Uh, so it went and that's how the Security Council works. Any one state, even even the rotating country can veto. Uh, a resolution uh, didn't stop the World Health Organization from calling Gaza a death zone because they have so much credibility um, and uh, and stuff. But, yeah, th they're terrified of uh, w what's going to happen in Michigan in November because constituents, specifically uh, those constituents, have a... <clears throat> have a, uh, a memory, uh, as it were. Well, and because you mentioned the UK, I feel compelled to play this British MP named Andrew Percy, who spoke very eloquently about the situation involving Israel and Hamas yesterday. But this is I in Parliament, in, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I was in Israel last week meeting with friends and survivors and hostage families, uh, and I actually felt safer in Israel than I do in this country. 
at this moment in time. And I have two reflections on that visit and on what happened yesterday. First of all, nobody in this House has any business agency at all in telling the State of Israel where it is able to operate to seek to rescue hostages who are being raped yeah, yeah, by Islamic yeah. terrorists yeah, who hold them. Nobody has any business. Secondly, if we have a rerun of the debate we had yesterday, we will have exactly the same thing happen again, which is that members will not vote with their hearts because they are frightened and they are scared. Yeah, yeah. And what do we expect? For months I've been standing up here talking about the people on our streets demanding death to Jews, demanding jihad, demanding intifadas, as the police stand by and allow that to happen. Last night, a genocidal call for from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, was projected onto this building. <laughs> so, so, and I mean, if you are rational and you point out to someone that if 200,000 Michigan Democrats called for Hamas to release all the hostages, it, there would be a ceasefire. It would be over. Or you can just tell Israel how to defend itself and, and impose a ceasefire on them. But you'll someone will get physical with you, or you could go up to Montlake and do, and do it there. Because and, and, and by the way, Netanyahu is doing the correct thing. He knows he has no political future. He's aware of this. He doesn't need you to tell him that. But he, he, ha, he incurred a debt. Everyone is they're blaming him in the Israeli security infrastructure for the lackadaisical stance on October 7th and the fact that Hamas and the enemy gets a vote. And they figured out that if they can do this, it'll create a uh, it'll create an overreaction by the part of the Israelis. But they have to do something really, 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 really over the top, as it were, in Biden's words. And that it was how you got October 7th. Um, a really horrendous thing was visited upon uh, Israel. This is the makeup on this. This this is a very predictable uh, reaction, and the Israelis are about to win. And what's funny is Hamas has some leverage right now. This time next week, they might not, may not have uh, breath uh, uh, to darken a mirror or or any leverage uh, whatsoever because the Israelis. Their number one pick, the thing, the thing they're saying is, we're not even going to discuss a ceasefire until you release hostages. So you have people that took innocent civilians as hostage, and you have people in America defending them. So it's really, really, really odd. Um, but, um, but that's the obvious thing. And then, also, by the way, I would, I would like to ask Rashida Tlaib, what about the Arab Muslim states surrounding... The area. What about the neighbors? What about Egypt and Saudi Arabia? Where Where is their refugee camp set up in the middle of uh, Sinai? No, the Egyptians don't want them there. The The Palestinians have shown themselves to be persona non grata from from the river to the sea, from Jordan to Egypt. They're not wanted. That's why they live in refugee camps in Damascus, um, and but not Egypt, not Saudi Arabia. Well, so as I explained, I guess last week, if you give Trump an audience. Um, he will go for the applause line. He's running for president. This is how campaigns work. And his riff about the NATO dues and the 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 president from the big country. Remember that he was at a thing. He was at a NATO meeting, and a president from a big country couldn't name the country, but stood up and said, "Sir, sir, if we don't pay our dues, you won't defend us." Okay, you know right off the bat it never happened, right? You know that he's in a room in South Carolina with people who. Think it did happen, so they're about to applaud. 
And so that's what he, this is not hard. This is not policy. But so anyway, Laura Ingram thought uh, to relive the moment. And I didn't catch this on Tuesday night, but they replayed it uh, yesterday. You're getting slammed from some of your old adversaries about your NATO comments. Does this mean you're not going to defend NATO countries if they haven't paid their two point whatever percent? uh, Yeah, sort of. It does. We have we have 28 countries. That that folks, that's the applause. There you go. That's the sorbet. That's the the ice cream. That that's why he's there. He is playing to that room. It's that simple. We have 28 countries, and they were taking advantage tremendously. You know, look, the European nations. I happened to be a long time ago. My parents, my grandparents, came from a place called Europe. So I think two or three wives came from uh, Europe. I love it, but they are very smart and they took advantage. Who was the middle one? The middle one was an American, right? Uh, you probably know more one than me in this regard. Between the the Slovenian and the what's Melania? She she's a Slovenian. Yeah. Uh, so but anyway, back to back to the answer. And again, you know where this is going. They've taken advantage of us on trade and they've taken advantage of us on NATO. And what happened, what I did is I told them, if you don't pay up, I'm not going to defend you. And they said, I can't believe it. Nobody else ever said that. And the question was asked by the head of a country, very strong question at a big meeting, one night, 28 countries. Sir, does that mean that if we don't pay, you will not defend us from Russia or whoever? I said, you say you didn't pay? You were delinquent? He said, yes. Let's say we were. I would not defend you. It's like Ukraine. Tony, that's patently false and all that. But, I mean, this is not a mystery. Um, he's, the guy's running for president, and he got applause from people that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to explain why people in South Carolina, why no one's raising their hand saying, that's not how it works. They'd be thrown out of the rally, and they wouldn't be going in the first place if they knew it worked differently. But it can't be denied. It's being denied all over CNN and MSNBC that Trump's attitude made the Germans do a 180. They, they, they'd all been sleepwalking through the 90s, um, getting by with, with not reaching the 2% threshold. Um, and then NATO expanded to the Russian border because everyone begged to get in. The Poles, everyone. No, and, and Putin's lying when he says, oh, I, t- I warned you not to come to the Russian border. He he signed an agreement that, hey, look, we're not harming you. You don't mean to expand. The Soviet Union broke up. All the constituent parts don't want to be back with you guys. In char- just ask the Belarusians, ask the Estonians, you know, and the whole thing. But, I mean, this, is, this has been overthought so badly. I mean, if you don't know this, I think one of the big flaws about Trump is that he's a seat cushion. He retains the impression of the last person who sat on him, as they say. And so that's how there, there's not a scenario where the prime minister of Luxembourg stood up and said, sir, to another head of state or the prime minister of Liechtenstein, who's not NATO. I mean, that, that's not how the Atlantic Council works. All right. So there's there's that. And fact of the matter is, if you're if anyone's wondering, he's not making this up. NATO it, 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 during the Obama administration, it was really obvious that America was paying the price for NATO not investing in its military. Time after time after time, the Brits or the Germans promised, the, the way it was measured was tons per day, of helicopter lift capability or capacity that would equate to uh, 20 tons per day. Because that was a total of like personnel and 
building material, and they, did, they didn't come through. They didn't have the helicopters. They didn't have the maintenance. They didn't have the personnel. And we kept, there was one Oregon helicopter unit that got back from a year in Afghanistan. They got a whopping six months back with their families, and then they went back to Afghanistan for a year. And, and guess what their retention, what their reenlistment rate was when they got back the second time? It couldn't be measured. So uh, anyway, yeah, we paid the price. So he is right about that. I'll defend him to the hilt on that. But I'm not going to for a second say, yeah, yeah, you know, he really nailed him there. Because the, the point, the punchline of the story is strong, tough American is defending those uh, weak, effeminate Europeans. That, you know, that will get you applause in South Carolina. All right. Uh, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH.